Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We're going to add it up on this episode of the Goldmine Podcast. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, and welcome back. We're going to talk to Gordon Gano of the Violent Femmes, and they, he is, well, the band is reissuing Add It Up, the best of compilation. I believe it's 1981 to 1993 is the subtitle and this came out originally in 93 i remember picking it up myself and the reason was to have something a cd to cruise around with uh, to hear the best of songs and one thing initially i was upset because a few of the songs like added up which you first heard uh, which you heard just now uh, was live instead of the studio track, but what you'll find out, what you'll quickly find out with the Violent Femmes is that their songs are just as good live, if not better. And this this compilation proves that. We'll also talk to Gordon about the 40th anniversary of the band, as well as this Added Up album, right after this message from CygnusRadio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine, the music collector's magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Anyway, how are you? Are you uh, calling from the New York area? Uh, no, I'm not. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've got some reasons to try to keep myself in a, a undisclosed location <laughs> at least for 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 our conversation <laughs> is that like witness protection or something? yeah that's it you know the the band didn't get that popular i can still be uh you know maybe a, yeah the band was actually a way of hiding my true identity <laughs> i'm calling from connecticut i think you have roots from there don't you Oh yeah, I I lived in Connecticut from one year one years old until ten. Um, it's funny. One time, some years back, I thought, okay, I know that I must be uh, some bio or something that's uh, you know that anyone can look me up and see. And in the first sentence, there was something factually wrong, so I stopped reading. Which was Gordon Gano born and raised in Connecticut, and but I've never thought like you know I haven't it made any effort to correct it it's just not i was born in new york city my family moved out when i was one year one year old one years old um so uh and then we lived in various towns in connecticut till i was 10 and then we moved to wisconsin and uh then some year a few years later that's where violent femmes started right 
Do you remember any of Connecticut? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I could let, let's see if I can run off the uh, towns New Milford. Oh yeah. Um, and that's where we moved to out of uh, New York City. So New York City would be pre-conscious or being of memories, I think, that are still there for anything, for any infant. Um, but my actual, I either as a dream or as family stories, or I actually do remember being held and being told, this is where we're going to live now. But I don't, um, being this house that was old, an old, old house that had a lot of things in the attic that were from past, uh, you know, probably some stuff from late 1700s even or something like that yeah um, new milford's on a lake that's that's pretty that's pretty con that's country man for that yeah. time that's oh yeah oh yeah we had behind us was a it was called mount tom i think uh and uh yeah i feel like i grew up at the foot of a mountain and uh, <laughs> for 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 the first few years then we moved uh to west hartford which uh, is okay that's that's quite different. And then we lived in, uh, I want to remember every, the, the longest time and the last place we lived in Connecticut was Ledger. Don't know where that is. Oh, that's, that's, uh, the Navy, the, the Navy base is there. Grotto. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, so you got a, a rough it's idea. It's probably near Mystic. Yeah. Like yeah. It's over that, that air, that, yeah. that direction. Um, the big casino is right there now, I believe. Right. Very, very Mohegan Sun, I think. But and then I'm leaving out one or two places. We moved around a lot. <laughs> there was one year, I guess we we lived in three different places. I think. Wow. So I got to tell you, forty years is. It doesn't seem like forty years, but forty years ago is when the band first started playing and first you know that's the beginning of the band right uh, yeah that's the that's the the formation of the group but anyway i remember picking the cd up uh really was because out of laziness um i had gone to college and my vinyl was at home and uh i wanted to listen to your hits and uh this had everything on it uh but i remember when i got back to my apartment i was kind of pissed that two of my favorite songs were live the the weird thing about it is i now prefer them to the studio cuts um and that's uh kiss off um and of course the title track added up and which sounds kind of weird but uh, i prefer them over the studio cuts that everyone else listens to does that surprise you not really no i think that's i i i would probably have uh a, a similar sentiment um well I, I i probably really enjoy both of them <laughs> both yeah, of them. True. <laughs> yeah but i like hearing i i like well i like playing it live so my favorite i think my favorite version will be the next time that uh, we play it <laughs> yeah that'll probably be my favorite would be the actual in the moment of playing it right yeah you guys had this you were perfectly you and Brian seemed perfectly in sync and it was like controlled chaos, which I love. Yeah. You know, yeah. About, that's, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. About to go. I, that's my favorite type of uh, music about to go off the rails, but controlled. And uh, because it's a mixture of emotion and, you know, just great music. I just, I, and the weird thing about it is I haven't seen the band live yet. 
Oh, well, that's, I think that that's what we do best. So uh, you ought to, you know, maybe we'll uh, keep it going long enough where it'll work out for you. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I live in the New York area, so I assume that when the pandemic is over, so to speak, uh, you'll be playing again. And you feel confident that the band still has that mojo, right? Well, no, no question. No question. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think we just, uh, yeah, I don't think we've lost anything. I think we've just gained in different ways. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, I know that you had just released an album in 2019. Are you guys still writing? Like, do, or do you, uh, do you wait a certain time before doing new material or? So I just, I just write. Um, so I'm still writing, um, and, uh, I don't write, I've never written specifically thinking that this will be for a, a, the next Violent Femme album or any, or that, you know, or any way of thinking like that. I just write songs and think that they'll, uh, find, find a way sometime to be expressed. Um, so yeah, there's never, it's never a question about songs even there was a period of years when we didn't put anything out but it wasn't because there weren't songs it's because mm -hmm. we had such disagreements in the band um that that's prevented uh, a unity of of wanting to uh record and put things out but but that's that's in the past now um so yeah there's there's i don't i have no idea about when we'll next go in and record um and then we did not too long ago. We did a, a a live collection of things. Which, speaking of controlled chaos, I think there's a lot of that on on that live recording. It's uh, I think the, I think the uh, I, the title was Brian Ritchie's, and his whole the whole concept was his concept, and uh, and it was called Two Mics and the or Two and the Truth. Um, mm. So there's a lot of controlled chaos on that record as well, which I shouldn't even mention because that's not the focus of what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> but it's good that you did because I'm going to have to check that out. But uh, on this compilation are some uh, gems that were unreleased at the time, like I Hate the TV is a great one to mention. continue to listen to that song and I find it still relevant especially yeah during the last few years yeah yeah it's funny when we would sing it um or I you know when we do it in concert sometimes I think it would be only a handful of people that would know that that was originally written when Reagan was the president uh you know when we've done it in the last few years a few, a few times um, there was a friend of mine, it's funny that, that that song, there's a friend of mine who has always loved that song and always requ requests that song. And he used to live in St. Louis. So he told me and us in the band that that song was really big in St. Louis, that people really loved that song in St. Louis. So we, we hadn't been playing the song, but when we were in St. Louis, we thought, well, we got to do the song. 
And then I found out afterwards, he just made that all up because he wanted to hear the song. <laughs> Nobody knew it. We, there was like no reaction to the song. <laughs> it was, was like this say, a big, big song in St. Louis. <laughs> how, how, did he, how did he do his research on that? No, he just made it up. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, that's, that's how I do the research. Just make it up and be convincing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be a good one to uh, record live and release, I think or to continue to play live. It's very relevant to what America has been going through. I know a lot of Americans feel that way about the television, this love-hate yeah. relationship with it, especially especially with cable TV and partisan politics. I mean, it's gotten yeah, to the point Yeah, 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 that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. I yeah. mean, if you thought it was news was entertainment in the 80s, it's... <laughs> It's gotten really bad now. <laughs> so, yeah. but I also want to ask about the story behind your message, Gordon's message at recording. <laughs> Hello, this is Gordon of the Violent Sims, and I've just been locked inside my house, so I can't go out and uh, get my bus and stuff and get up there by one o'clock. Um, someone's coming over to rescue me. It wasn't my fault, it was my parents who locked me in. So <laughs> I'll get there whenever I can. Maybe I'll try calling Victor at his house or something like that. Okay, bye. Yeah, that's that's um, the story. It, it's, uh, we were going to, it was uh, record a demo tape. So right. this is a big deal. This would have been my first time ever really recording and and then i was locked i like the message says and i had called victor and left the message and he saved it which was really You're great from he saved it. He was quite an archivist um and it was going to be the first recording date for violent femmes and i was locked inside the house um and uh it was an ups upstairs flat that uh, my parents were renting. I was still living at home. And um, they had gone out, and then there was a skeleton key for locking the door, and then we put it out in the hall in a, in a drawer. And I don't know. It's the only time it ever happened that they didn't know I was there. They thought I was gone or had left, and I was sleeping, I think, in my room when they did that, or they just – and. Um, and then you know, I contemplated trying to jump out the window or, or I couldn't quite figure out a way to get down that I thought wouldn't have um, too much of a risk of hurting myself, maybe badly. So um, I think, yeah, everything's there in the message. And it really, that was going to be, so, so Violent Femmes almost never recorded it, except I got out of the how did you get out? Um, I I found uh, somebody who lived in the neighborhood, um, and then I threw a key. Uh, I threw the key out the window to them, and because then they could go in the door that was downstairs, walk up the stairs, and I could tell them in which drawer to find the skeleton key oh to open God. up the door. And I think I ended up making it where I think we still recorded that day. Um, that I'm not positive about, but I, I think so. Yeah, this is that, that sounds like something out of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we had a few experiences like that. That was something out of the movie, like when we were 
playing on the street and the pretender saw us and invited us to come in and open up for them. That was, that's like out of some movie. That's a cool story. I never knew if that was, if that was just myth or, um, you know, urban legend, but I guess you're saying it's true. It's true. Um, And I've never heard anyone that, you know, say anything that wasn't true about it. There's some other aspects to it though, in that, um, somebody might think or might say that that led to a, a, a record contract or a tour or any our career and it didn't not directly it was just a, a great story that we could talk about once we did get an album out and we're, we were touring around um but it didn't uh yeah it didn't lead to any introduction or any door being opened uh, but it was an amazing great experience that must have been cool playing on you were playing on the at a cafe, right? Well, we had moved from a cafe and then we were playing on the street, on the sidewalk outside of where we saw that the pretenders were coming and it was a sold out show. And then we had the idea, oh, we'll come and play for the line of people because right. people would tend people would tend to at least people that would be of our age and interest in music uh, or going to the same clubs kind of thing. They would uh, cross the street to get away from us and not have to listen to our music. So. <laughs> Um, and that, that would be, you know, somebody that's, uh, probably played in a band with Brian or Victor or at the time, <laughs> our, our bass player and drummer. Um, anyway, so we thought we'll be able to play they, they and they'll be in line. So we'll have our, our lar- largest audience ever because they won't, they, they can't lose their place in line. So we'll like have people have to listen to us. And then it ended up James Honeyman Scott was, and, and everyone was there early for load in and sound check. And, he had come out to go to a drugstore and, and um, he heard us and got everybody else out to listen to us. And that's when we were offered to play two or three songs right before they played. So he just kind of looked up and there were the pretenders. Yeah, <laughs> well, it started with him and we recognized him. And then we thought that was really cool because he was really liking it, we could tell. And then no idea he's going to bring the whole band out. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, then was, no idea that it's going to be, do you, you know, can, can you play high. some bef- right before we play, yeah. which is just great. Just great. He was we've, a great we've ended up doing something, something like that as well in that one time Brian heard um, somebody, this was in uh, Germany. We were on tour and he heard, I think Cologne, but uh, he heard somebody playing bagpipes. And it was a, a, a man from Scotland who was in Germany playing bagpipes and, um, asked if he wanted to come and sit in with us that night uh and you know he did and then he joined our tour he he toured with us different times in in europe i was just having seen him playing on the street and uh then he he would he joined us that's karma yeah kind of returning i guess you call it karma or be passing on forwarded on or whatever you want to call it um so back to the compilation uh speaking of retro or the 80s it's coming out on vinyl how do you how do you feel about the return of vinyl of course i don't know if you know about goldmine it's a music history music collectible magazine um so naturally our readers are big into collecting vinyl they always have been even during uh times when it was you know during the 90s when vinyl seemed like it was dead but are you surprised with how vinyl has returned? Well, surprised to 
go back to a certain time, as you mentioned, when uh, it wasn't around in uh, in most of my world and most people's probably it wasn't. Um, so from that perspective, surprised, but there's been enough things happening grad still with a little bit gradually over so, so many years that, so right now I can say, I'm not surprised at all. Um, and, uh, and, uh, also that I, I love vinyl. Um, yep. and, uh, a few years ago I got back into, um, the fun of, I would do, uh, and actually have to not go, boy, it would just be you know, to go to used vinyl places and, and just, you know, go through stacks. And, and I, you know, I did that as a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of things that I found out about and, uh, from, and got from, uh, Goodwill and thrift stores and things like that, or cutouts. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I didn't, I opted at a certain point to decide not to go, um, the, the real high quality route. Right. Um, because I felt like I just wanted to have more fun i right. think with just like finding some old beat up record and then not worrying about what it's going to do to my needle or what my right. needle is going to do and so and and then i got a little portable player with some built-in speakers and just like just the, the the low level but just having fun with it and even enjoying that sound and that sound right. that comes out of that that's different than other sounds right um, and uh yeah so i i really like vinyl but uh yeah they, i had a lot of years where i think it started when my when my stereo broke and then it's just kind of and then traveling so much right it a big record collection is uh um, hard to carry it's not convenient if, well, if you're called, moving around if you're moving around if you're just staying in one place that's great well it's gone beyond just uh you know playing the record people collect too like for instance um added up's gonna be let's see aqua pressing for indie retail record stores and urban outfitters is putting out a violet um pressing this this colored vinyl thing is uh big now mm -hmm. which is kind of cool you were talking about fun yeah this adds yeah. to the fun of it <laughs> yeah that sounds that sounds like fun yeah <laughs> You can remember, I remember in the 80s when colored vinyl or picture discs came out, I avoided that stuff. But now I prefer it. Wow. <laughs> because it's fun to collect, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'm not really, I'm like you, I'm not a snob. Um, I just, I, I'm into the fun of it. Um, yeah, and there, and there is even at, at any level, there is a difference in the sound and yeah, um, it's and, warm. And I like, I like the sound. I like that sound. Yeah. Um, and of course that, that you know, there's, is something exciting about hearing that little bit of the needle before it, the sound comes, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to it. That's, that's very pleasurable. Especially with bass and, I could see the Violent Femmes sounding great on vinyl. 
um, that added up the live performances we were talking about. Yeah, I certainly but, hope so. <laughs> well, I recently bought some Who again, and that was just unbelievable. The sound, the warm sound and the bass. So I could see Brian's bass really popping on vinyl. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see that. How about, um, are you into like the record store day stuff? And did Violent Femmes, Violent Femmes ever have a record store day album or anything? Yeah, we've had some things put out on rec record store day. Right now, I don't recall exactly which ones. We we had an EP a few years back that we were, we were all very happy with. It was the first um new recording and studio recording that we had done in, in, in several years. Um, and um, Happy New Year is, is one of the tracks on there, which we recorded on New Year's or New Year's Eve. Um, and um, But it's an EP, and I think that was time to be released on the, the record, uh, record store day. And, but I'm not positive. I know we've put out a couple things over the years related to that. Well, as you found stuff on Added Up, you know, unreleased tracks, demos and stuff, do you think there's any other stuff that you have in the archives that you could release in the future? Oh, I, we probably do. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm the worst of the being an archivist, but um, I would think uh, there would be other, other things that others may have. Victor, maybe? Yeah, Victor was <laughs> great with stuff. He had a lot of stuff, and then Brian probably has things. Um, there's even, and I had heard it at one point, and Brian's heard it, and I don't think we we know where it is, but that might be that Victor has it. That there was a recording of the very first time we we ever played together, and we first time we ever played together was in the, a cafe, and I was playing, and I had at different times I I would have somebody joining me. And then I had run it, and I had invited Brian, and then and and to invite then uh, Victor to come, and so they sat in. The first time we ever played my songs was they were sitting in with me, and my brother would one of my brothers would play with me sometimes with guitar, or then I had another friend that played bass. He might have been playing with me then, um, and so Brian brought a banjo, and Victor had maybe just one drum and brushes, uh, something like that, but. It's it's a fun recording as I recall, but it'd be that 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 would be kind of uh, that would be really fun to hear the very first time because they had never they so the first time that they heard a number of songs from me they were playing them at that at the same time, and so that would definitely involve some controlled or a lot of controlled chaos probably. <laughs> <laughs> are there are there any songs that you played at the time that would connect to oh, lots. Oh, so many of the songs that that then were on our first two albums and more. Um, I uh, it, it it probably was our first four, five, six albums that would always have at least one song on the album that I wrote when I was fifteen, mm. which is kind of uh, um, so. Uh, yeah, we were we were that would have been so many of the songs that people would know. And then others, which I'm sure we would hear and go, what? forgot all about that song. Mm. Well, it'd be great to release now because that's a, that's a very in now, you know, with the record buying public, you know, getting these extras or discovered sure. live stuff yeah. um, more so than ever before. 
I know yeah. gold gold mine readers. That's that's huge. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're talking about a, a tape that is either lost <laughs> or destroyed, or or somebody has it that we're not in. You know, in, in maybe uh, I'm not in any communication with Victor. I don't know uh, if anybody that I know is. I don't think so. Maybe this lost tape could be on added up too. <laughs> yeah. Well. 1993 to present. <laughs> Talk to you soon, man. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you, Gordon. And this is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine. Thanks for listening. The Goldmine Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Group of Podcasts. And don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content and a percentage off the subscription price. And look for Goldmine print on the newsstand at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. That's all for now. We'll catch up next time on the Goldmine Podcast. Bye now. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.